Welcome to the P Primo Show. It is episode 69. I cannot believe how fast this is going. I have Chris Long with me, and Chris is a longtime member of our industry. He has spent roughly half of his career in retail and half of his career in wholesale. Currently is in management with M. Lilly. And I cannot wait for this show to begin. I just want to say one thing really quick before we get going. Thank you to Larry Levine, Levine my former guest, and also uh, has a connection with Chris. And he said, do you know Pete Primo? And Chris said, no. And he said, you need to know Pete Primo. And so then Lori Harshman, my dear friend, uh, met Chris. And she said, you sound a lot like Pete Primo. Do you know Pete Primo? And he goes, no, I don't know Pete Primo. She goes, I'll introduce you. So Lori Harshman and Larry Levine, thank you very much for introducing us. And with that, I am going to pay the bills. Sell a million. What are you waiting for? 101 tips for furniture and mattress stores. How to sell another million or more this year for the price of a couple cups of coffee these days. Anyway, I want to thank my sponsor, Steve, the Mattress Industry Network. What a great group, over 1,400. And Chris is our newest member. Uh, and it required a little bit of due diligence. If you do get to the screen where there's two or three questions, answer them all or you will not be accepted into the Mattress, mattress Industry Network. It is a great group. It is run by retailers for the entire industry. If you are part of the mattress industry, we want you in this group. Over 1,400 strong by now. And it is just an absolutely great group. I did not join for the longest time. And my dear friend, Jeff Chinakovo said, Pete, just, just tell me what's going on. He goes, I've, I've asked you nicely. I, I've time and again, I've asked you, why aren't you joining this group? I go, this, that guy, I, no, I don't, I don't like that guy. I, I don't want, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that guy. He goes, what guy? I tell him the name. He goes, he's not in this group. He doesn't run the group. He has nothing to do with the group. I said, oh, okay, well then I'll, jo I'll join. It was the best thing I ever did. I know Steve, if you're watching this, you're laughing because you've heard this story uh, from Jeff's side and from my side now. And without a further to do, welcome to the show, Chris Long. Really appreciate it. I'm, I'm honored to be here. And, and frankly, I don't know what took us so long to finally meet each other. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, so here's the deal, everybody that's watching. Chris and I spent about 10 or 15 minutes just talking, to, talking and I said, let's, let's stop and let's, let's just talk on Monday because... Oftentimes, when these things get rehearsed, they they end up horrible and sloppy. And you try to chase prior conversations. It, it never works. So, Chris, it's my absolute pleasure to meet you. 30 years in the industry, you're just a pup because I've got 10 years on you. So you can call me old man if you want to, but I'd prefer you just call me Pete. Anyway, we both work for Bob Sherman. Yes. Way back in the day, a long time ago. I'm not sure. It's been so long. I'm not sure if Bob Sherman would remember me if I walked up to him now, but I don't look quite the same as I did then. Well, I'll tell you this. Bob Sherman will never forget me. 
<laughs> well, he left an impression on me. I felt it was uh, an honor to get to work with him, and and he he and and the rest of that group included me as a. I mean, I was a young I was a young guy at the time, and and they they brought me in and included me and valued my opinion on things that that meant a whole lot to me. Uh, so that, that was one of his his uh, smart aspects is that he listened to everybody. He didn't he didn't tune anybody out. Yeah, you know, we didn't talk about this because we barely talked the other day. Uh, Bob started in retail. A lot of people don't know that about Bob Sherman. He he did not. He started in retail. He did not start in wholesale. So he's always looked at it through retailers' eyes, and I think that is a special blessing. You know, uh, after I had uh, spent seven years in retail, I decided um, that I wanted a little bit more freedom. And I wanted to get on the road, but I was a horrible, horrible interview. It took me two years to get on the road. Um, and I'm driving down the road with Jeff Allen in the car. And we're working together. And I said, I just wish I hadn't wasted the last nine years of my life in retail because I'm having a time of my life. And he said, Pete, you don't understand. He goes, without the last nine years of your life, you would not be nearly as valuable to these retailers because not only do you know the the book stuff, but you know it on an emotional level. You know what it's like to be told, I've got to go home. I've got to measure. I'm just looking. You know what that feels like on an emotional level. And most reps who never worked retail have no understanding or comprehension of what that feels like. He said, so the last nine years of your life were spent getting you ready for this opportunity. And it's going to make you so much more valuable to your retailers. So with that, I've got a question for you. Okay. You've been at this for 30 years. What is the number one consistent mistake you see across the board? made by retailers, both big and small. I'm, I'm going to come at this sideways. Um, Go ahead. I, I'm going to, I'm going to start with saying, I, I don't think, and this isn't exactly what we, what we, you and I talked about, but it's, it's going towards that. Cause it starts with, we're all blessed to be in this business because Amen. so many people work in an industry that is not affecting people's lives every single day is not bringing positive impact and sleep affects your life every single day. Yeah. So to be able to, have such a, a a major impact on people's lives. It's the most used product most of them will ever have. It's it's one fourth of your health after uh, you know diet, exercise, mental health, and sleep. And and it's the easiest of all of them to deal with. And so it's so rewarding to give people a better night's sleep. So with that, the answer to your question is is that I think too many of our counterparts and of ourselves we forget that, and it becomes you know a, a day after day after day, which is so easy to do. Um, and then we forget the value that we bring and we forget trying to get paid for ourselves in the value that we bring. And so the answer to your question is, is that people aren't charging enough for the value they bring their customers. They need to bring all the value they can affect their lives, realize they're affecting their lives and, and expect to get paid well for it. They need to keep their margins up. Um, and some are doing a really good job and many are not. You know, I should be on here hawking my book and saying everybody buy my book, which I already did, by the way, and I'll do again. Uh, but 
my friend Drew Reichart that me and him worked at Sutherland together. He was he he actually studied this book when he was at Simmons. How to sell at margins higher than your competitors, win in every sale at full price. And it's by Lawrence Steinmetz. If you own a retail store and you do not buy this book, I feel sorry for you because this book can change your life. Um, it, it helps you to overcome some mindset things that most um, retail store owners have. And it helps you to get paid what you should get paid. And the reality is this, it's, it should be cheaper than ever to get a customer to walk through the door. It's more expensive than ever to get a customer to walk through the door. It's difficult to navigate uh, marketing for a furniture or a mattress store. It's not an easy thing to navigate. And we'll probably dive into that a little bit deeper. But uh, my friend, Drew, we were fellow reps together and now he's owned several stores. He's bought and sold a couple of stores. He just absolutely demanded that I buy this book. And every time I talked to him, he'd say, hey, did you get Larry Steinmetz's book? And I said, no, I didn't get it. He goes, you got to get it. He goes, if you don't get it, I'm going to buy it for you. And he knew that would embarrass me because he knew what I was making. And so anyway, I, uh, I got the book and I called Drew and I thanked him up and down because it's, it's just a great book. And, um, you know, one of the things it talks about in that book is the unholy trinity that exists with, you know, it, it's been summarily, it's, it's been summarized colloquially as buyers or liars but it's actually true. Uh, a c consumer in a given town will go to the, the name brand longstanding um, retailer that they can depend on, that they know will be there to service them, who's been there maybe uh, 20, 30 years, maybe multi-generational furniture or, and or mattress store. And they will go there and they will, um, they will shop and they will make a decision that no matter what happens, we're not going to buy there. We're going to go and we're going to look somewhere else. And then what they'll do is they'll go to a discount store and then they will try to get the name brand guy with the good reputation and with the inventory, right? Because the other guy doesn't have it in stock. That's part of how he's offering the prices. Yeah, cheaper. my prices were always lower when I was out of stock. <laughs> always, always, always. Yeah, I, I always, I beat all the competition when I didn't have it, and they did. Yeah, yeah, because you had to, and yeah, and, and, and you're, and, and so customers, you know, they will, they will do one of two things, and and perhaps both. They will go to the uh, discounter and say, you know, I'll buy it from you, but I get all these wonderful services from this other retailer in town and I want those services. So I want your lower price, but I want the sleep guarantee. I want the, uh, the, the, the price guarantee. I want, uh, you know, this, that and the other. Uh, free delivery and all the other stuff, but I want your lower price. And then same consumer will go to the name brand guy and say, listen, 
I really want to do business with you. And they, and usually consumers will do this to you. You know, we've shopped a few places and we really like you. They're, they're not above buttering us up. And, and us as salespeople, we're not above buying it hook, line and sinker, right? Oh my gosh, she really likes me. Well, maybe I should really try to, to, to work tight here and, and, and make something happen. And she will let you know that, you know, your price is too high. And, you know, I really like to do business with you, but if you would do it at this price, but she fails to tell you that doesn't include the free delivery. That doesn't include, you know, so the customer is always trying. Many customers are trying in the lieu of fantastic value, which is up to us to create as, as a retailer. Um, they will cobble together an all-star, you know, award-winning all-star offer that combines the best of all that they've seen in their, their shopping expedition. But at the end of the day, they want to do business with the guy or the gal that has the inventory and they can get it quickly once they've gotten themselves to that point. What say you about all that? Well, <clears throat> very interesting. I think that is the problem. We get beat up so much as at retail uh, that it happens every single time. It feels like, even though it doesn't, and so you start believing it. You know, if you're if you're fed the same stuff over and over and over, you start to believe it. I had the same problem in my own operation. I had my own operation for seven, almost eight years, and I had the same problem. And I realized that based on the way that so much of my competition was running, they weren't going to be able to stay in business. They can't, they can't work the margins and give the service. It's one or the other. And you're right. Those, those people that are given that, they're also not given service. Nowadays, testimonials and reviews and stuff like that can help. Uh, but the other is they're not going through the steps. Are they truly fitting that mattress to that customer? Are they selling sleep or are they selling padded rectangles? We know that most of them are selling padded rectangles and it's about the price. It's not about how it's going to affect your life. We're selling the wrong things. I'm, I'm trying to sell someone a better way of living and they're trying to sell somebody a padded rectangle. And that I think ends up being the difference. Well, you mentioned two of my favorite things and uh, testimonials and five-star online reviews. And I would just add to that uh, referrals, which if you get the other two, you'll almost always get the referral too. Um, I think it's really super important for all of us to never forget what we do. And, you know, when you look at the three-legged stool, the wellness stool, it's, it's what you eat, it's how you exercise, and it's rest. And the biggest part of rest is sleep. Now, I love a cat nap whenever I could get one, but uh, the biggest part is a good night's sleep of maintaining your health. And when we start to talk about those outcomes um, early in the conversation, not at the end of the conversation, it's too late at, at the end, early in the conversation, um, and we start to understand what why they're looking for a mattress, right? And 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 what challenges they might have. And getting somebody to trust you with some of that information can be a little dicey sometimes and it can be a little bit difficult. But 
I will tell you this, as a store owner and as a retail sales pro on the, re- on the retail floor, if, if your heart is in the right place, your customer feels that. So first goes back to Larry Levine. Absolutely. Oh yeah. 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 And, and by the way, you know, I, I kind of made quick work of this and I shouldn't have, uh, this book's a game changer selling from the heart, Larry Levine, how your authentic, uh, self sells you. Uh, this is, uh, it's more than a book. It's, it's an actual movement and it is, it is huge. Um, I used to tell my salespeople, uh, when I was running a store at retail, guys, I know you're on commission, but I'm seeing too many of you counting your commission dollars before you have even written the sale. And what I would like you to do for your own benefit, and you'll find you'll sell a lot more this way, forget about the commissions that you might earn and think about only one thing. And that's making sure Mrs. Jones wakes up happy and pain-free. If it's mattresses, if it's furniture, if she's happy with her house becoming her home. Because we have the ability to change people's lives in the home furnishings industry and specifically um, the outcomes of health and mental well-being when it comes to sleep. If, If you are selling padded rectangles, you're making the biggest mistake of your life. You need to start selling the outcomes. What does Mrs. Jones get? Guess what? She gets more energy. She gets more health. She gets happier and better relationships. If she's sleeping better, Mr. Jones is probably sleeping better. Or So think about the outcomes. What do you do? And go. And if you're not sure what your outcomes are, and I already, I already told you what your outcomes are, and, and so did Chris, and so did everybody else that's ever come on in this industry on my podcast, tell you that's the outcome. But if you're not sure, Ask your customers who are happy, who gave you a five-star online review, who gave you a testimonial. Hey, what is it that we did that you liked the best? And what is the biggest benefit to you having purchased a product here? And it'll all go back to, I wake up happy and I wake up as pain-free as possible. Some people... They have such severe health conditions, they can't wake up pain-free, but they can get as close to pain-free as possible with the right support and the right comfort. Sorry. You know, and it's it's true for everybody. Um, But the more I do this and the longer I do this, the more anecdotes and different things you learn, it's finally becoming part of health like you talked about. So many years ago when when you and I were, were, were early on, it was a commodity item. It was like buying tires. Nobody was excited about it. They Nobody ever bought a mattress. It wasn't on sale because they never bought tires that weren't on sale because for the majority of people, it was a need, not a want. Furniture is sexy and I'm going to show it off and I'm going to brag to my friends and what have you, but 
mattresses were a necessary evil. Now people are realizing, no, it affects every day of your life. So I'm going to give you a little antidote. The company I work with, Lilly, and Lilly USA, of course, is part of healthcare uh, uh, limited and, and healthcare is the largest memory foam producer in the world. We're all over the place. We're, we're, we're produced in seven different countries, sold in 72 countries. But where I'm going with this is, is we're connected, um, not just from a marketing standpoint, but real world, we're connected with Manchester United, uh, the soccer team in, in the UK, of course. And I was lucky enough to get to meet their, uh, doctor, uh, uh, Dr. Robin Thorpe, uh, at this last Las Vegas market. And, He's now here in the States working with uh, Olympic athletes and that kind of thing. But his, his focus is rest and rejuvenation. How do, how do you get athletes to uh, get the best night's sleep, get the best rest, let their muscles rejuvenate, be in the best possible health they can have? I thought it was interesting that he, they were pushing to have the exact same mattress in their home at the camp where they, they've got full like little apartments and everything set up at their, at their place where they do their workout. So many people from in soccer are coming from other places that they're not necessarily always living local. So they have little apartments there. So wherever their home is, their apartments, and even in the hotels sometimes that they would travel to, they wanted them on the exact same mattress. So their body was adapted to it. And here's a little side note that you might find interesting. I, and something we talk about a lot in the industry now, but didn't used to. I said, so what made you choose us and why, you know, because apparently this, you know, you designed this mattress. What was your, what was your focal point? He said, he said, uh, cooling aspects. And I said, really, after support and conformability and blood flow, you're cooling. And he says, well, conformity and blood flow and good muscle support is not as hard to find, but getting a mattress that really cools well and keeps the body temperature low because our body temperature drops when we sleep to be able to stay there and continue to pull body heat away and keep you in a restful state by not allowing you to get too hot too soon, that was a huge aspect. So I need all three of those together, and then I need consistency so they're not sleeping on a different surface. I thought, wow, what a, what a whole other level of, of health understanding that we're starting to get, but the consumer, they don't necessarily understand it. So it's, it's not only our duty, it's our opportunity to use that as our tools of saying, hey, this is important. It affects every day of your life. It's, I mean, beyond my eyeglasses, what's more used than your mattress? Sure. A- absolutely. That is, uh, that is great insight. Um, you know, customers are, have been telling us for a long time, whether it's the cover on the uh, cover of the mattress or the cover on a pillow or sheets that have cooling ability. They have been saying to us for a long time, cooling is very important to them. And to hear a doctor kind of go through that to me is uh, very eye-opening. And uh, we should understand this. Um, you know, when I was a kid, we believed that lifting weights three times a week was the right way to do it. And what happened was every time I set a PR, it was because I missed my third workout and I would hit a PR after that. And when I was in high school, so our understanding was really very barbaric. Right now, we would say work a body part or an area of the body once hard for strength and, uh, and that's it for, for, for the week. So, um, 
what we understand now and what we're going to understand 30 years from now are are two different things. We're going to we're going to look back and go, "Man, what a bunch of idiots we were. We really didn't understand anything." And I I believe that cooling is is hugely important. Talk about that a little bit more this the this specific bet. I just I'm a little curious. Well, in his regard what he was referring to is is the ability for the foams to breathe now. And I think that so many people think about cooling, so many people within the industry that have our knowledge. We, we go back 10 or 15 years and we know that the, the heavy density memory foams, uh, they held a lot of body temperature. They held that heat yeah. and it made, it made it hot, it made it uncomfortable for people. So now we're talking about the, all the cooling aspects. And I, I think, you know, Serta probably did the best job coming out of the gate with it, with gels and that kind of thing. But we're t- talking about all these different cooling aspects and I think that most of us within the industry are thinking that that's just a way of trying to counterbalance the issues that we had with foam being hot. It's more than that. Your body temperature drops as you go to sleep. And as you get into deep sleep, it drops. Your heart rate slows down. Your body goes into a deeper sleep in your body. Uh, and that's the reason they talk about the optimal sleeping temperature being, you know, 68 to 70 degrees. For a lot of people, they're like, wow, that's, that's cold. Well, that's because that's what happens with your body. If we can keep you cool and keep your body being able to dissipate that heat, then we can keep your body in an optimal sleeping temperature so where that's one more aspect that isn't waking you up or disrupting your sleep. We're trying to get to that deep sleep. The idea is to get an hour and a half of deep sleep. Well, let me tell you, with all the disruptions throughout the night, it's tough to get an hour and a half of deep sleep. I know I track my sleep. I'd watch this stuff. But yep. what they're talking about is airflow. The you know We see it with the demos the different companies have now where they're using a fan and they're blowing the the beads or something up through the, through the foam because the air is able to dissipate or the air is able to go right through the foam. So every time you move in a mattress, it's moving air in and out. What it's really doing is it's pulling body heat away and, and flushing it out of the bed by having these open cell foams in the higher grade beds. You know, people's like, well, what's the difference? Well, in lower grade beds, they don't breathe like that. They're just, they're not using as expensive foams. They don't have as much airflow going through them. And as you move up, you're getting into these better quality foams that give you uh, the longevity of a regular foam. So you're getting the full life out of it, but you're getting all this airflow every time you move. And, you know, that was his big deal. He's like, it's not hard for me to find support. I mean, we know that supporting the spine and allowing the muscles to relax, that's number one. Number two is getting that conformity so we can get blood circulation going through our body and get the toxins out of the muscles and all that stuff. But number three now is keeping the body from getting too hot. Because that causes the body goes, oh, I'm getting warm. It must be time to wake up. And it totally disrupts our sleep cycle. Chris, I'm writing down questions as, as we go. And uh, I'm not going to have enough time. I can see it already. I knew this was going to Oh, that mean I have to come back? Yeah, I absolutely. Hope so. so, everybody, it's halftime. And you know what happens at halftime? 101. This is chapter 101 at Chris's request, actually. Absolutely. Uh, page 145, the single biggest mistakes mistake stores make and how to correct it. Congratulations on making it through a hundred short chapters. I've thrown a lot of ideas at you in this book. I've wrestled with putting this chapter first or last in the book. Why? Because it's the most important chapter of the book. I've been blessed to have met and worked with hundreds of stores throughout this country over the past 33 years when I wrote it, now 40 years. The single biggest mistake that I consistently see is store, 
is stores that needlessly give their profits away by simply not charging enough for their products. The simple fix for this problem is to raise your prices. You might need to drop some lines and add others to achieve this. It won't happen overnight, but chances are you should raise your prices. If you look at the at, at business history, if you choose to be the lowest price store, you'll end up out of business sooner or later. It isn't a sustainable position. Am I saying Walmart will one day be out of business? Yes, absolutely. They will if they don't extract themselves from the lowest price store position. There are was a store called Woolworths. They were the lowest price store position before Walmart was even a thing. Throughout this book, you've probably thought, Pete, that's a great idea, but where's the money going to come from? My answer to you is if you are 100% happy with your store, don't change a thing. You probably bought this book and invested your time in reading it because you wanted to improve your store. The money to pay for these recommended improvements will come from raising your prices. There is no free lunch. You cannot offer great service with really low prices. Those two things are mutually exclusive. There are many different ways to retail furniture and mattress stores. There are warehouse models. There are shopping experience models. There are high-end, low-end, and everything in between. They are all valid. This book has focused on creating a furniture or a mattress store that is middle to higher end store that focuses on delivering a superior customer experience. It also, when followed to a successful implementation, creates a business that allows for more security and freedom for the business owner. Thank you for investing your time, energy, and money into the ideas presented in this book. Visit my website, peteprimo.com, for more tips and business building tips. Anyway, please let me know if this book has benefited you. Sell a million today, Pete Primo. P.S. I thought I would end this book with an uplifting reminder of what it means to be an entrepreneur. And I'm not going to make you go through that, but it is on page. 147. And it is, it is wonderful. So it sounds like that's what we started with. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing. When I first uh, had my, the first couple of years of my operation, I was so focused on revenue. I was so focused on closing the sale and getting the deal. And don't get me wrong. My absolute focus was satisfying the customer. My goal was, my my mission statement was to satisfy the most customers. I have to sell them to satisfy them. So that was a given. What I want to do is make them happy. And and I was very proud for a long time. I had the highest uh, Google reviews of any furniture store in Texas that I could find. I was, I was searching that because I was proud of it. But I eventually realized I wasn't making enough margin. I was listening to too many of the competitors. I was listening to... The, the customers. Uh, and so I had to make it about face. And I tried to find all the different ways that I could add value. What else can I do, preferably that doesn't cost much, um, to really focus on making the customers happy, making them satisfied in, in case of sleep, getting them a best night's sleep. And then I raised my margins and I raised them almost five points all in one fail swoop. I decided it wasn't smart to do it at once or do it over time. I did it all at once. You know what? My, my revenue went down just slightly that first year. Um, my profit went up dramatically and the customer's happiness has went up. The, the, 
the the amount of issues went down. It's just everything got better. And then, of course, the following year, then I got the revenue back up along with the margins. So I, I realized, why am I not wanting to pay for all my work? Why why am I letting other people try to dictate our value? I'm bringing real value. I I deserve to be paid for. I'm an expert in the field. I deserve to get paid for it. And that's what dealers and retailers and salespeople all need to believe. You're worth the value. Get get paid for it. Just give the value. Wow. That is the that is profound. And go just goes back to this again. Just goes back to how to sell at margins higher than your competitors. Um, and sooner or later, you have to, un- unless you actually don't know what you're doing. Dan Jordan, what you got to say here? I don't know how you consistently make mattress interesting. Amazing, Pete. <laughs> I don't. I pick really cool guests and I let, and we don't really talk about mattresses that much. But thank you, uh, Dan. I appreciate you being here. Well, and I want to plug your book. I, I tell you, I'd seen your book before and shame on me, I didn't get it. And so when Lori told me I needed to hook up with you, I went ahead and got the book and started flipping through it. And it's like, wow, this this really is just, you know, a, a great book of all these excellent ideas. And if you put them all together, it is the value that we're talking about. And it's the reason you should get get paid for. It. And it goes back to the Larry Levine again. Also, if you if you truly care about your customers, if you truly care about giving value, then it it shouldn't be that hard to get the margin to go with it. There are companies out there that are getting really high margins and there aren't just one or two. There's a number of them. And their their customers are as happy or happier than anybody else's. So at some point, we got to scratch our heads and go, why are we doing this the other way? If their customers are happy, they're giving value and they're getting margin, I need to do what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, Uh, 100%. And and interestingly enough, you know, this... This book was not, did not come out of my imagination. This book is over 30 years of experience with retailers. And um, in some instances, I used their names when I had permission. In other instances, I did not use their names, but I didn't dream up anything that's in that book. There's not one original quote. Pete Primo idea in there. I, I'm a student of the industry, and absolutely, and and, and you know, uh, probably the one thing that I was very lucky about, and I talk about this a lot, Chris, is is I was really lucky to have uh, great mentors. You know, um, uh, I I didn't share this with you, but you know, Bob looked at me and he goes, you realize you're probably the last rep that I'll ever travel with. He goes, because our company's getting too big at that point. We had three factories and we were acquiring more factories. And he goes, and I know what you're doing, Pete Primo. I go, what am I doing? He goes, you're taking me to dealer after dealer after dealer. And you're, you're just trying to bury me. He goes, there's no way you work like this every day. And I looked at Bob and I said, Bob, I work like this every day. And the reason I work like this every day is because this isn't work. I can't even believe I'm getting paid for this, dude. Are you kidding me? I was in retail for nine years, you know, and that started that whole conversation. Well, I was in, I was in retail too. He was in, he was in retail when he was in high school trying to go to high school. I mean, it's, it's, uh, Bob's story is, is compelling, but 
throughout this entire experience, I can probably point, and I'm not going to do it now, to a half a dozen mentors that I just look up at the sky and I say, thank you, God, for giving me these great mentors. And the interesting thing is some of my newer mentors are younger than me now, like Jeff Janakovo from Gardner's Mattress, um, Gardner's Mattress in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I mean, I wish I was half as smart as this dude. And he's actually a mentor to me, even though I'm a good 15, 20 years older than him. But mentors are everywhere. They're in every aspect of your life too, I might add. And if if you do not smell the roses and understand um, why somebody uh, has been introduced to you, well, shame on you. You You should always look at you know why? Why is this happening? Our 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 case, Chris. Why did Larry Levine say you got to meet Pete Primo? Why did Lori say the same thing? And then we hook up and we're like uh, brothers from another mother. I mean, absolutely. We, I mean, there's we, all these people that we know. I and- could hear hear the air going out on the other side of the phone when I said we got to stop. We we got to save it for the show. We got to stop. You're like, I don't want to stop. <laughs> it's like you said, I mean, I, I found my passion in this business because I, I really enjoy learning the business. I enjoy the what I call the ingredients of the business. All the ingredients have to be right and they all have to go together to make a successful business. And I really enjoy that. But we're so lucky from a, from being a, on the rep side to where we get to walk into all these dealers like you. I've, I've worked with just hundreds and hundreds of dealers at this point in my career. And be able to walk in them and see what these guys are doing well and what the other guys are not doing well in the consistency that you see. Okay, well, these five guys are all killing it and they're all doing these same similar things. These guys aren't killing it and they have this similar trait. I mean, it's it's fairly easy. So, but then it's now on us as reps to go to these dealers and say, hey, here's ideas that are working. Here's, you know, here's things from people that you're not competing with or, you know, don't talk about where they came from at all. But, hey, I'm seeing this over and over and over. This is working. And I think that's where Jeff comes in is, you know, innovative guy that comes along with some new ideas and new ways of trying things that work and then spreading those ideas to other people. And as as reps, that's really one of our responsibilities beyond selling is help your dealers. I mean, if you really want to own the dealer and you really want the dealer to be loyal to you. Bring him ways to be more successful, not just more product. Mm. There are words of wisdom for every rep listening. Bring your dealer's value. Absolutely. Don't show Not all up. of them want it, but you know, no. that's not, you can't it's make them true. take it. All you can do is it's, bring it to them. It's true. It's true. Not all of them want it, but let me tell you what doing this show has taught me. Um, there are, there are dealers that become very close and become great friends. And there are dealers that pick your brains and won't let you go. And you're there for hours. And I love that. Absolutely yeah. love that. And I will give everybody um, as much time as they need. But I've made a mistake in my career. And I'll tell you the mistake that I've made. I've made the mistake of assuming that the dealer wasn't interested because they didn't ask. And me, I should have pushed the issue. 
I should have made them tell me, no, I don't want to hear about blah, blah, blah. Because at the end of the day, we owe our dealers our very best. And so let me tell you how I know this. Because I'm walking into dealers and they're like going, great show. And I'm going, what are you talking about? Great show. I didn't see you like it. I didn't see you make a comment. Yeah, good point. And, they're going, and they don't. And, and they especially don't. If they don't have like a YouTube account set up, they, they don't do it. And it doesn't happen. And you think they don't want it. But the, here's the reality. They do want more than just what they ask for. So it's our part of our jobs to reach out to them because at the end of the day, their success is our success, right? Absolutely. And and the more successful that we can help a dealer be, and and, I've just come to a place now where I understand what my, my job is. My job is to help them be as successful as they can possibly be and to give them everything and make them actually tell me, no, I don't want that. And that's okay. And listen, I, I've been doing this for 40 years. I, I don't have a bone in my body left when it comes to uh, rejection. I could care less. I, I don't care. That, I'll tell you, this is, this is the truest thing. It's in my office all the time. I don't even know if it's going to come out there. Tommy Hopkins. Tom Hopkins. Tom the Hopkins. Champions Creed. So I'll read this to you guys. And I read this every day and I live by it. I am not judged by the number of times I fail, but by the number of times I succeed. And the number of times I succeed is in direct proportion to the number of times I can fail and keep trying. And I, I've lived that for, for many, many, many years. And, uh, I just think it's up to us to, to push it. So, you know, do you know how I met Jeff? No, I don't. And I don't, I have not met him. You have to meet Jeff. I'm aware of him because of his writings and such. There's a uh, Dan Kennedy. Kennedy. I was at a super conference trying to learn more about marketing because I had a very scary thought in my head. I've been very successful. I've been very, very blessed. What am I giving back? What am I giving my dealers? Am I working hard to make sure all of my dealers are successful? Because if I'm not, what am I doing with my life? So I said this to myself, when's the last time you increased your marketing knowledge? The last time was when I worked for Bob and Jeff and, um, and Barbara. That was the last time. Then I had a scarier thought. What if everything I learned was wrong? <laughs> so I became fanatical. Um, and I met Jeff in Florida at a super conference, at a Dan Kennedy super conference. And I wanted a desperate, I got introduced to him and I wanted to talk to him after uh, the conference was over. And I saw him. And he was writing so fast that smoke was coming off of his head. (laughs) And so I understand what it's like to be in that kind of flow. Um, 
and I understand how fast your ideas can leave. So I didn't want to interrupt them. And I've, I, I've told him the story a hundred times now. I said, I, I, I know what that feels like because it happens to me. I have a joke with my wife, Jenny. You know, when my ideas come, they come at me so hard and so fast that I can't even say them as fast as they come into my head. And even if I had like five secretaries around me that could all take shorthand, I could keep them all busy uh, when it's flowing. Alan Eisenberg. Alan, how my, are you? One ya? of my good buddies. I worked with Alan at Protect the Bed and and Alan is a mensch, an yes. absolute gentleman, professional, proud to know you. And uh, thank you for uh, for supporting Chris and for saying hi, Alan. That's uh, we, unbelievable. And great. I worked for Alan for not nearly long enough. I would have liked to have worked with him and for him for much longer. But but luckily, we became friends, and, and I'm blessed for that. Alan is just a great person. Alan, how's retirement, buddy? And I'm going to make you a little prediction that you don't even want me to say, but I'm going to say yeah. you are part of us and we ain't going to let you go. So don't kid yourself about being retired. I mean, listen, I don't know what your hobbies are. If you love to golf, golf as much as you can. If you love to fish, fish as much as you can, because someone's going to come calling with a crazy job offer because you are talented and you deserve a crazy job offer and you're going to get dragged back into this. It'll be like a scene, scene out of the Godfather. I was out. They dragged me back in. It's exactly I see the I way see it. it's going to be. And couldn't happen to a better guy. No, Alan's uh, immensely talented, very talented guy. So what were we talking about, man, before I start, you talking know, Alan? just, you know, Padded rectangles and better sleep. <laughs> so listen, you, uh, you get, I don't want to make, I don't know. I'm not going to say it that way. I'm going to say it this way. You inherit a billion dollars and you no longer have to work in this industry, but because you've done it for the last 30 years, Chris, you decide, you know what? I'm just going to help all the retailers that I've come to know. And I'm going to help them as much as they're going to let me help them as a consultant. I'm making this up as I go. What would you tell them that they need to do to become more successful? And I know there's no two stores that are alike. I know that different clientele, you know, one of the things that I learned when we were doing the Chicago Blitz. I don't know if uh, if they ever talked about this, but uh, I organized the Chicago Blitz and we developed eh, about two and a half million to $3 million of business off of this Blitz. And basically we brought, brought in our entire sales team when I was at Serta in pairs of two over a three-day period. And we hit every store in Chicago. Okay. And the business that was developed off of that was two and a half to $3 million. Um, what I learned going down this one street in Chicago, I think it was called Milwaukee Avenue, is that just because you see two stores side by side does not mean they're competitors. 
So I would yeah. go into the one store and, you know, got pretty good reaction. I go, okay, like make a note. We're probably going to follow up and do business with this. So I'd walk into the next door and I'd say, Hey, you know, the other guy next door was really interested. And, you know, it seems like your store is very similar to me. And he would go, no, we are completely different. He's Spanish speaking. I'm Spanish speaking, but he only does layaways. And I, I actually put money on the street. I'm a credit house. We're completely different. And by the way, when you go down and you hit, see these Russian stores, there's discount Russian stores, there's layaway Russian stores, and there's Russian stores that put uh, money on the streets and, and finance the furniture themselves. So they're all different. And I'm like, oh my Lord. So no two retailers are this are the same. They have slightly different even going across the street, you know, I've heard, I, I've heard that people didn't like their store and they had a successful store and they moved across the street and they killed their business. And it's like, yes, how do you even make this stuff up? But it's true. Yeah. And and so, given the fact that you know, no two stores are exactly alike, but if you look at commonalities between stores. And you look at things that you see the super successful stores doing that could be implemented uh, by uh, smaller stores or medium-sized stores. Now, what? How would you start your consultant business? Like, what would be the advice you you would give them? I'm trying to give our viewers free consultant. Well, I mean, and that's kind of like my ultimate goal. I'd love to be a consultant. I, you know, because that's what I enjoyed the most was helping. You know, first at retail for my my. 20s, it was helping customers one-on-one. Um, but as I moved up and I got into wholesale, it was working with these guys, like you said, that become friends. Um, and how do you take ideas that you find and see other people doing and and find a way to implement it with them? Best practices. How do you get them to take on best practices? But you know, to to the answer to your question, so much of it is just plain discipline. And it's mm-hmm. it's not easy. It's figuring out. Um, I, I noticed you've got Michael Gerber in your book, um, you know, in his e-myth. He talks about the 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 different systems and the processes, checklists, all that stuff. I mean, that's part of it, but so much of it is the discipline. Um, you talk about your book also, um, you know, being able to say no. The dealers that that are getting higher margins, they aren't worrying about the guy that's saying, oh, you got to give it to me cheaper. You got to give it to me cheaper. They're letting them go if that's what they have to do. It's like, this is the value I bring. If that's not the value that that you want, and as a salesperson, if I've made sure that customer understands the value, but they don't appreciate it, then maybe they're not my customer. Maybe I need to work on the ones that are focused on having, you know, or, or being interested in value and willing to pay for it. And there is a lot of those people out there. So to try to sell everybody and not be disciplined to focus into a niche and a niche that's profitable. And again, back to the same thing. How do I how do I give more value than my competitors so I can there in turn charge more for it and get a real a, a good margin? I'm not trying to take anybody's head off, but we've gotten into this who could be the cheapest and everybody suffers from that because the customer's not getting value. Right. They may not even be getting the right bed. The 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 retailer's struggling to make ends meet and so they're not giving the service they could give. It's just, it's a, it's a terrible scenario. The better scenario is, is let's give the ultimate value. Let's charge reasonable margins for that so we can continue to give that value and try to find even more value to give. And go for the customers that do that and have the discipline to say, I'm sorry, sir, I, you know, maybe this isn't the right fit for you. We're selling the ultimate value and 
maybe that's not what you're looking for. Okay. Do you find that most retailers actually physically shop their competitors? I find that most don't. All the more reason why 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 the the reps become so important. Um, I mean, I you know from the rep standpoint, how many times did you? Well, my customers, as if their customers walk on three legs instead of you know two, like everybody else. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know it's like no, your your customers are not any different. They're they're still humans, and they speak English, and <laughs> they have the same mix of everybody else. Your customers. I mean, there's exceptions, obviously, to every rule. You know, there are some places that I've worked within the big cities that. You know, you are in a niche of a different of different groups of people, but by and large, it's amazing how many retailers think that their customers are totally different. I, I remember with all the years of Ashley, you know, not having uh, all the covers to pick from, or um, oh no, my my customers, you know, they require you got to have swatches for sofas. If you don't have swatches, then they don't. But eighty to ninety percent of all the sales are in the sofa color and swatch that was on it at the market when you bought it. So we know that the majority of the sales come in that. Why do you think your customers need to, to, they don't. And we get stuck in these beliefs that we've got. And even when sometimes other people are busting through those beliefs, it's hard for us to follow them through. Yeah. Yeah. So discipline and the discipline to realize that you know, maybe other retailers have lessons that apply to your business instead. Hi, gents from Bancroft, Canada. Yeah, that's cool. Who's in Bancroft, Canada? Is that Pat Tinney? Who is that? Who are you, Facebook user? Is that Pat Tinney? Forgive my cold. No. Listen, when you told me you were feeling sick today, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to do that to you. I was too excited about doing this. I'm still, I'm still excited, but yeah, I was, I was feeling really rough yesterday. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better. Um, I, I've always been amazed at my dealers unwillingness to shop their co competitors. Um, Hey, Pat, there we go. I've made a commitment to Pat that he doesn't know about. Buy this book, Perpetual Hunger by Patrick Tinney. Why? If he supports me, I'm going to support him. Unlocking Yes, Negotiating Book by Patrick Tinney. And I'm going to tell you something. You got to get this book right here, the bonus round. So Patrick, Chris, was... An, right an, notes. He was an executive in the advertising industry and he did an unbelievably great job. He innovated product. Some of the products that you'll recognize from your career actually started in Canada and, and Patrick was the, the force behind some of the, um, some of the products that exist today that didn't exist before he started. So it, it, it in the bonus round, kind of get a real glimpse into what consultative selling looks like but then you get this other view of of all of this behind the scenes advertising stuff which 
if you're a, a, a rep about our age, you know, it's fascinating because a big part of our job is marketing and advertising. Absolutely. Helping that door swing so our yep. dealers can stay in business, right? Yep, absolutely. And yet we focus so much on trying to close the sale when a lot of times it's easier to swing the door than it is to close the sale. So yeah. get more people get more people in there and maintain the same closing ratio and your sales go up the same way. So marketing is a big part of what we do and and being knowledgeable of it and being able to bring again those same ideas to to other dealers, non-competing dealers. It's a big part of what we what we do and should be doing for our dealers. When you worked for Bob, did he still do the marketing star? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I found that someplace not long ago. It's I grab it if I could find it. Yeah, absolutely. Still. So I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how it's changed at another time, but um, it always started with national advertising, then it went to retail advertising, and and the 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 thought process uh, behind that was you know the display, the sales training, the merchandise, and none of that matters unless a customer comes into the store. And, you know, we get so infatuated with product and tweaking product. And at, at the end of the day, until that door swinging with the right customers, with the right expectations that want to do business with you, it doesn't matter how great the product is. And I love great product. Uh, I, I, I'm a product geek, just like 90% of you watching this as product geeks. But at the end of the day, I am all about making my retailers more successful. Bud Long was one of my first mentors, buses, bosses. That's my that's my brother. Bud Long is my brother. I don't. I'm not sure who this is that's doing this, but Bud Long's my brother. He, uh, I followed him into the business. He was selling furniture, uh, and he's six years older than me. And when I came of age, I was 18 years old and I started, I hate saying this, I started selling waterbeds and was actually right down the street from him. Bud and I have, have worked close and around each other for all these years. I've, uh, I started selling waterbeds too. And my most infamous quote to all of my dealers is, I'm, I'm trying to find out. Hold on. Hold on. Alan James Short, my boss at yes. Harvest. Bud Long was one of my first mentors. So James Short was saying to you, Chris, that Bud Long was one of my first mentors. I think at James Ashley. and I know each other. James, uh, James worked at Ashley for years. Yeah, yeah. I could do this for, for hours on end. I have to show you after the show is over what I've created because... It explains retail and it basically is the modern interpretation of what Bob started so many years ago. And you know that I found the original that was done in the 60s by Sealy. Yeah. I actually have a copy of that. So I thought the market start was Bob. Bob stole it from Sealy. Oh, yeah. No, great he, idea. It was, it was called just something getting... else. He renamed it, added a couple twists and turns to it. I've renamed mine too and added quite a few twists and turns because the business has fundamentally changed. Yeah, um, evolve. And uh, it, it, it's good to have a framework to analyze a business. 
And it's especially good for you as a retail store owner to analyze your own business, uh, putting your ego to the side and analyzing your business and then analyzing your competitor's business and the fact that you don't want to give them credit for something, fight that urge and give them credit for everything you should give them credit for and then compare. And you're, you're very quickly going to see where you can improve in areas of improvement that we all need to make. And I, and I would say this, unless that door is swinging more than you can handle, focus in a hundred percent on your marketing and your advertising. And, you know, obviously personnel things come up every day that you've got to put out the fires. I, I get that guys. Listen, I could go on and on and on. You always get the last word because you are my guest, Chris. But before you say your last word, tell us somebody that watched this show and they're saying to themselves, Hey, you know what? I have some questions for Chris. I want to get a hold of this dude because he sounds like my kind of a guy. Chris, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, the, the LinkedIn account you guys just put up. Um, and I can also give my email. I'm happy to do that. Uh, I think I gave it to you before, or I can just give it to you now. Sure. Uh, well, I've got an Emlily account at uh, just chris.long at USA. Okay. Or my personal account, which is celongiv at gmail. All right. What yeah, I'd love to hear from anybody. What are your last words, my friend? My last words are, I don't know. I would say I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for that. My last words are focus on the customer. Give them the, the value. We're affecting every day of their life. Take them through all the steps. Make sure they're fit into the right mattress in the right way so you know they sleep better. And then ask for the referral if you've done your job the way you're supposed to. That's that's awesome. And one last little thing about referrals. Anytime your customer is giving you a compliment, you should gently push them away with something like this. Oh, you're you're too sweet. That's very nice of you. Um, you know, I you know, whatever, and, and kind of push away. And then they say, No, I really mean it. You guys are really an awesome company. And then you just close the door behind, say, do you, would you mind putting that in writing? Because believe it or not, we still have a few doubters out there. And that yep. would mean the world to me if you gave that to me in, in writing. Real world yeah. referrals are more important now than ever. Reviews yeah. and referrals. Yeah. And, and listen, and if you know anyone else like you, Mrs. Jones, I, I, would, I would love to be able to earn their business, just like we earned your business. And with that... That's a wrap, guys. Thank you, Chris. Have a great day. Thank you, Pete. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. <laughs>